0: Hello and welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today I have Christina Murphy on the podcast. She is a food freedom coach and she'll be talking about her struggle with disordered eating, yo-yo dieting and binge eating. She's on a mission to help women heal their binge eating and battle with food and to shift their lifestyle from one of restriction and hate into one of of joy and self-love. So I'm so excited to dive into this topic today because I think it's really important and it's a common problem among people of all ages. So let's dive into it.
1: Welcome, Christina, onto the podcast. Yay, I'm so excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you and I just realized today that you're Australian, so this is cool.
1: (laughs) It is different to talk for me to uh people outside of Australia. Actually, it's really, really exciting because we are yeah. so far away from everyone
0: else in the world. Too, you are pretty isolated over there, but I really do want to make a trip um, and spend a little bit of time over there. It's definitely in, it's on the bucket list, so yeah, definitely
1: want You'll to do You'll love that. it.
0: I think I will because I'm all about the sun and not the cold and, you know, beach and yeah, all of that. It's definitely stuff. the
1: right place then.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. So I know you struggled with disordered eating and binge eating, which we're going to talk about today. So I want to hear a little bit about your story. I know you're a coach now, but um, did your story start out with disordered eating? Were you in the like kind of health field? Was this what brought you to what you're doing today? Can you give us a little bit of an overview of your story?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This. Um everything that I went through is how I arrived to actually be in the health industry, which is pretty exciting in itself because it's not something I ever thought that I would be doing. But my journey started way back in high school, actually. So I was really, really young when I first started to not care about health per se, but care about weight loss as a lot of people's journeys start um, around because I was always a bigger kid in school. i I was not as big as I thought I was, but I was a bit bigger than my friends, and so I wanted to be losing weight. So I went through a journey of counting calories, trying all the latest diets in magazines because I was too young to have Facebook or Google. If they were like, they weren't even as big as they are now back then, and uh, you know, just trying every diet trying to eat as little a car- little calories as I can. And also my goal was pretty much just to be the smallest person on earth because that to me is what healthy and fit looked like and also what I think I thought beautiful looked like. So that was a really rough time, but all of that is what ended up leading me to suffer with my binge eating because I went through a period towards the end of high school where I wasn't losing weight, like nothing I was trying, none of the diets, um, none of it was working. I had no knowledge around what health actually meant, so I was just doing anything. And that resulted in me losing about 15 kilos because I ended up eating nothing. I was starving myself and I went through about three months of eating not much more than a couple of hundred calories a day, which for anyone who sort of knows like Calories or some knowledge around that area, that's nothing. Like,
0: yeah, it's that very, that's like not yeah. even my breakfast. So.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, nothing like what I eat now. And I was just, I was lying in bed all day. I was fatigued. I was missing a lot of school because my body was like had bones poking out. I was 45 kilos. I was very, very underweight, always cold. You know, I was obviously lacking a lot of. Like I had deficiencies, iron deficiency, all of that sort of stuff because I wasn't feeding my body. And eventually that got to a point where it can only, for me, it could only go on for so long until I reached a breaking point and I knew I couldn't do it anymore. I knew I couldn't starve my body anymore, but I didn't know how to bounce back from this. And that's when the binge eating sort of kicked in because once I started eating a little bit more food again, I just couldn't stop myself. It was just, yeah, it was just a constant... I started eating something and then all of a sudden, 30 minutes or an hour later, I'd eaten everything in the cupboard. Like I was still obviously living with my parents because I was in year 12, so the last year in school in Australia, and I was hiding it from them. I didn't want them to know anything. Food was going missing and at first they had no idea. Of course, they worked it out, but I didn't think they did for a long time. I was so embarrassed. I remember thinking that I was like the only person who struggled with this and that there was something wrong with me. Luckily, now we have social media and Instagram and that where we are talking about topics like this, which is amazing, but I didn't have that back then. So I felt very, very isolated. And that went on, like the binge eating after weighing my lowest point went on for a solid 12 months. And of course that resulted in me Putting on all of the weight and plus some, and that made me feel terrible. So, I through the healing process, um, that didn't come till a little bit later on because I actually transitioned from binge eating on anything I could get my hands on to um, late at night, crying on the kitchen floor, and then the next day waking up and restricting my food again, trying to make up for last night's binge, into a point where I was putting on so much weight that I knew that. I, w- I had to stop that, and it didn't stop overnight. It was a constant progress towards just working on not starving myself the next morning because that was that was a root cause for why I would then binge the next night as well because I was still starving my body, and I eventually started eating you know more healthier foods and foods during the day that um, were actually. I guess, feeding my physical body. So they were good for me and I was eating enough food, but I still had that binge eating urge in me. So that I transitioned from binging on, you know, cakes and cheese and all of that sort of food into like Greek yogurt and almonds and all of the stuff that you perceive to be good for your body. And I was telling myself that it was okay that I was eating that much of these types of foods because they were healthy but that's when that that road went on for probably another 12 months. I couldn't stop myself. I would have one bowl of something and then I go and get another two or three because I said that it was good for me. And so that was a really long process having to learn that binge eating itself is the action and not necessarily the foods. And so that went on yeah, for another 12 months. And eventually I just Started to um, heal my life in some other areas, which is when I started to get into the health and wellness uh, community. I actually initially become trained as a personal trainer, not for anyone else, but for myself, and that led me into the industry because I wanted to help a lot of people. But it also um, led me down a path of further educating myself around, you know, food, exercise, but also like binge eating, why it's happening, um, why I felt like I couldn't stop doing it. And then I was consistently during this time working on my own journey and working on, you know, what else does health include? It's not just our food and exercise. It's every area of our life has a component to it that makes up whether we're healthy and happy and feeling energized and really, really living our best life. So that has been sort of my journey summed up to where i am today and to how i got into the industry and i've just further you know continued learning from not only myself but also you know coaching clients and seeing seeing everyone's journey it's so unique so every single client you coach you you learn more about you know people and humans and how we're thinking and it's been such an incredible thing to see and to also allow myself to share my journey to my community so they know that they're not alone and that they can come through this and they can seek help or even just a virtual, you know, free community to listen to their struggles because that's something I didn't have. And I really want to make sure that people who um, I come into contact with do have that.
0: Wow. So I see this cycle that you described in so many women and just in men in general but I also was able to relate to to so much that you said too because I did struggle with a lot of the same things Um, I think it's something that's kind of becoming an epidemic I don't know if it's it's being talked about more or because of our like society nowadays and the pressure and all that and kind of the social media message but yeah I see it like a big big concern and I definitely want to dive into all of this with you. So (laughs) I first want to start with kind of looking at what is binge eating? Specifically, what does it look like? And how do do you know if you really have a problem? Because for me too, and probably for yourself, for a long time, I was kind of like, it's fine. I'm okay. I know what to do. I'm a healthy person. Like, I've researched like health and nutrition, and I can figure it out tomorrow. It's not going to happen but then it does, right? And then you kind of push it away. Like you don't think you have a problem, but when is, when do you think is kind of the turning point where you should seek support and where it might not just be like an indulgence or a craving? Um, When do you think it's, you would really know when you have that problem?
1: Yeah. And that's something, that's a really important point that you touched on too, that for those of the, your community who are listening that may not be in the health industry. There are a lot of people in the health industry who are technically healthy people who also have this habit as well. So it doesn't just affect um, people who are unhealthy. It's it's like we say, health comes in all shapes and sizes and so do eating disorders. It doesn't look a certain way. And so binge-
0: I just want to touch on that because for me too, like I've never really had- like weight problem i gained weight obviously with binge eating but you know if somebody looked at me and i told them i like dealt with binge eating they would probably have laughed and said yeah right like that's not possible right but like for yeah. me i was hurting inside and um and it's also another thing i could totally relate about the binge eating healthy foods because that's yeah. what i <laughs> did right because it's healthy then it's fine but it's also detrimental um, yes. cause yeah, if we eat too much of anything, it's not a good thing. So yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So binge eating the actual action itself for those of you who are listening, it's when you are eating, you know, quite a large volume of food in a short amount of time, that's typically what it looks like for the majority of people. Now, there's a difference between, like you said, just overindulging sometimes or overeating because that's something that we all do. Like we're human and sometimes we're going to overeat because maybe we're eating a bit mindlessly or maybe we're out at a party and we're enjoying ourselves and we eat a little bit more than we typically would have planned. And that's okay. That's stuff that just happens. And if it's only happening every now and then that's different binge eating itself is where it's almost debilitating it's debilitating in a sense that it puts a lot of pressure on other areas of your life a lot of people have social isolation they have financial problems if they're buying you know excessive amounts of food because a lot of people do binge eat on like fast food which you have to pay for as well and even with your loved ones and your relationships you start taking it out on other people unconsciously you um, you're triggered by a lot of things and so you become really withdrawn and that's all stemming from this action of eating you know large volumes of food hiding it from people you know typically eating until your stomach's hurting um which may be more so on some some days like when you've had a huge binge and maybe some other days not so much but yeah, the binge eating itself, when it's a large volume of food in a short period of time compared to that, you know, sometimes overeating or overindulging and ak we're just being human when we do that. Now, one of the easiest ways to know that, you know, you're suffering with this and or you need to seek help, even if you're, you know, some people do struggle with binge eating in a not, not an extreme way. They still need to seek help if it's negatively impacting their life. So, you know, um, if someone's gained, say, 60 kilos out of binge eating, then we know that, you know, they even know to an extent that they have that. It's a huge amount of kilos. They can physically see it. But, for example, someone like you who may put on weight, but it's not like an extreme amount of weight that even you aren't 100% sure you know how it's affecting you even though deep down you know you aren't 100% sure if you should go and seek help or if the next day you're going to wake up and you've got this if you keep waking up and you keep repeating the actions and this is going on for like weeks and months at a time and what you're doing is negatively impacting your life your health then that's when we really want to seek help, um, whether it's via a coach, a community, whatever it is, having that support there is going to help you. And constantly waking up every single day thinking we're going to master it and then it not happening if we can go and seek help in that time frame, then we're just going to shorten that healing process and have someone by our side as a cheerleader so we can continue living our best life and our healthiest life because that's what everyone is really aiming to achieve. So instead of extending it on, if you're not feeling great and it isn't making you happy and you may be putting on weight because of it, then that's the time to seek help.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And it's not just messing with like your physical health, it's messing with your mental health. And I think, as you mentioned, it can be scary to reach out for help, but I'm so glad that people like you actually, you know, coach people through this. And there's more and more coaches out there because it can be tricky to find someone as well, or even if there's someone in your area. So being able to find somebody that you know and trust and like is really important. But the initial kind of moment where you need to go seek out help can be very scary like for me I knew I needed help for so long but I was just freaked out and ashamed and embarrassed and I also thought I could you know figure it out by myself which of course I might have been able to but you know as you said it can also take so much longer yeah um so I think that's really important too how was your um transition into seeking help what did that look like for you
1: um Yeah. My transition got to that point where I held on for too long. Like, yeah, I should have, I should have sought help way earlier than I did. So I held on to the point where I felt like I just didn't want to get out of bed anymore. And I hit that moment where I had to seek help. Like there was no other option. I knew I couldn't do it by myself. I knew that my body wasn't healthy i knew that i was putting on weight i knew that i didn't want to socialize like everything that i sort of just touched on before was coming down and i wasn't happy anymore and that was affecting my family because i lived like with my family at that point in time and it was affecting my schooling so literally everything in my life that should have been good and great wasn't so I definitely left it for too long and that's why I do encourage people if it begins to negatively impact your life, then reaching out then is a good point as opposed to waiting, you know, because this process was a few years for me that I waited until I sought help. And in that time, like you said, I just kept telling myself that I could do it, but even if I had reached that point where I could do it, that could have been five years later. And that's so much time that I wasted instead of trying to heal myself sooner and actually acknowledging that this was a problem that needed to be dealt with and not just push to tomorrow and hope that it would go away.
0: Yeah. And that's important to note as well that, The healing process also doesn't take like one day either. It takes time, especially if you've been dealing with it for a long time. There's a lot of things that come up that we will be talking about. So it's definitely a journey as well. It's not going to take a week. So we, you and I both know that it's not about the food. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I've tried cleanses and diets and all that, and we binge ate healthy food. So it's definitely not about the food. So in your experience, why do we binge eat and what are the main kind of triggers and causes that you see come up?
1: Yeah. So typically there's two umbrellas that um, binge eating stems from, and these are just the broad aspects of it. And the first one um, is like in my journey where it comes from like extreme hunger and deprivation to your body. So you might be really under eating like I did for a while, or you may be slightly under eating for your body and or the activities you're doing during the day. And when that happens, a lot of people will be, you know, not eating enough during the day. And then for most people, it's overnight time nighttime or maybe around that 3 PM mark where sugar cravings come on. And once they start, they end up having a binge at that point in time. And, If you're really, really under eating, then that's where, you know, that hunger takes over. You want, your body wants to get food in and then your mind kicks in and you start having that guilt play into your mindset while you're eating and then that makes you eat more and it becomes like an emotional roller coaster then. So the first thing that you want to look at is just making sure that you're eating enough, that you're also eating enough, you know, whole foods and foods that are actually nurturing your physical body as well. So you're getting all of the nutrients in that you want to get so your health is being looked after of your physical body. And just making sure for your activity as well as well on the days that you're really active, are you maybe eating a little bit more because you need to be? And then the second one that is quite typical is emotions. So um, a lot of people will binge eat due to an emotional trigger, an emotional reason, and this can also, you know, overlap with the hunger as well if you're under-eating. Um, and if you're not undereating, then emotional triggers are typically the next point to have a look at. And that's where someone, you know, has something going on in their life. Um, and like you said, binge eating itself, it's not about the food. So changing our diets, you know, trying not to binge the next day, all of that sort of stuff. We're not, I'm not as a coach focused on the binge eating itself because binge eating is a side effect of something else that's going on in your life. So with the emotional triggers that can stem from so many areas, such as your relationships, your career, like, are you physically active at all during the day. Um, all of the things that you're doing could possibly have an emotional trigger and your binge eating is becoming a side effect of that. So you go to work, maybe you don't like your job. Maybe there's employees that you have to work with that are making you stressed. All of that sort of stuff could lead you to coming home that day and reaching to food for comfort because emotionally you feel drained and stressed out from your work day. So the emotional triggers can stem from anywhere in your life and you may feel them right before you binge eat. Some people may be aware, you know, that that is the reason they're reaching for food to comfort and numb those feelings temporarily. And some people may not, they may not actually realize that they're reaching for food and that this binge eating has stemmed from the fact that maybe they're in, you know, an unhealthy relationship and it's causing them internal pain and externally they're using food to deal with that. So yeah, the two biggest reasons are mainly, you know, under eating, maybe starving your body to an extreme extent, or maybe just under eating for what you're doing and you aren't aware of it. In these days, so many of us, um, women and men have tried so many diets uh your hunger and fullness levels may be thrown off a little bit i know a lot of my clients feel like they can't you know feel their hunger and fullness signals anymore and then you reach a point where you don't know what's right how much should you be eating how much shouldn't you be eating am i full am i hungry so we have to relearn all of that for a lot of us and so having someone as well externally look at your food Maybe help you to even just know if you're eating enough. That could be a really good thing to do. And also, just having a look at your entire life and finding out if binge eating is a side effect of something else that's going on. And this is a hard thing to do because you have to question yourself, which is hard in itself. But you also have to look at some of the bigger things that's going on in your life. Maybe they're all okay, and it's the little things like boredom or stresses that are coming up every day. But sometimes they are harder things like relationships in your career, but not addressing them is just going to continue having the binge eating happen. And that binge eating action isn't going to heal itself if we can't find the root cause of why you're binge eating in the first place.
0: Yeah, totally agree with everything. And I definitely want to focus on the emotional component. So we obviously established that diets don't work because it kind of kicks in that survival mechanism where the body is smart. Like if we feel like there's a famine approaching or if we've starved ourselves, then it's going to cling on to all the food that we can, right? So this is basically survival mechanism. So if we're looking at the emotional eating sort of side of binge eating, What You kind of mentioned that we have to look into the emotions. So what do we really need to do to heal? Because I remember for me, it would be a little bit difficult to kind of assess that by myself. Or one of the biggest things for me, especially at the beginning, was when I was first starting to seek help, was when I'm in that binge eating mode, which for me felt like an out-of-body experience. Like I had yes. no control over my body. And for anybody who's gone through this, you can totally relate. Um, but you pretty much don't want to do any of the things like call a friend, go for a walk, take a bath. Like you don't want to do any of that when you're in that moment. You just want to eat the cookies, right? So yeah. what can you kind of say about that transitioning from that moment? Like how do you kind of address that and how do you start to shift and see the change? Because I know For me, it took a while, obviously, um, to change that, but it was definitely with working with a coach and looking into my own sort of emotional traumas or things that weren't working in my life. Um, But I know it can be difficult, especially at the beginning, when you are really addicted to food and you're used to using food as that coping mechanism. So how do you really transition into using food As fuel and not using it to really just you know soothe yourself
1: yeah this is a really hard one for a lot of people and i think after you address what we were just talking about like trying to find the root cause and once you're actively looking towards that then working through that period where you have the urge to binge eat and it is beginning to feel like an out-of-body experience is definitely the next step and the thing that we have to recognize is during the healing process, we are going to binge. Like it's not, we start healing or we start working with a coach and that means we're not going to binge again. Unfortunately, we wish that that would happen, but it's typically means you, you are going to have some binges. And the goal obviously is to have those binge um, sessions reduce or there be more time in between each to eventually they're not happening any, anymore as you work through Um, trying not to let them happen. And on top of that, finding out why they're happening. So when you have that urge to binge eat, the first thing we want to think about and recognize is that there's two little voices going on in our head. And typically we listen to one more than the other, but that's because we aren't aware that it's not the real us. So I call this the chatter brain. You'll um, hear it with some other coaches, maybe as something else. But this chatter brain is that little devil on your shoulder that's saying, you know, I'm feeling sad now, or something is really stressing me out. Let's go to the cupboard. Um, let's start eating because we know that worked before. We know that in the past, when we began eating food, that that made us feel good. Now, your logical brain is the real you. This is the brain that says you know christina if you go and eat that food you're going to feel good temporarily and then you're going to feel even worse afterwards and so that logical brain is the real you that knows that going to the food binge eating isn't the solution but that little chatter brain usually overpowers the real you because we actually listen to it and we aren't acknowledging or recognizing that this chatter brain the little devil on your shoulder is just It's um, programmed from your past experiences. So that's that part of your brain that's programmed from things that have happened in the past and now it's becoming a habit. When we emotionally eat, especially if it's um, smaller things as well, like some people will binge eat when they're bored, when they're stressed, and all of this adds up to you making binge eating a habit. And when it becomes a habit, it means that it worked in the past when I felt bored or when I felt stressed. So now I'm going to do that again every time I feel bored or stressed. And you aren't literally thinking these words, but that's the actions that are happening and that are being programmed into how you um, go after, how you deal with these emotions. When they arise, you go to the cupboard and you reach for food because that temporarily made you feel good last time. Of course, the logical person in you knows that that's not going to work and long-term, it makes you feel really, really crappy about yourself, basically. So that's an important thing, just to know and understand and realize because it means that you can start thinking about your thoughts. And have that inner dialogue with yourself and learning that when that chatter brain does come up, if you can begin to challenge that, even out loud, and this sounds really funny, but it works for a lot of my clients and I know it works for me during the process when I was healing... I started talking out loud to my chatter brain. So that little brain that was that little devil that was saying, go and eat food. You feel bored. If you say that out loud to yourself, you're probably going to laugh. And it makes the whole binge eating urge a little bit more lighthearted. And it also allows you to see that, Hey, this isn't going to work. What am I feeling right now? Why am I wanting to do this? And it has you question all of that. But if you continue to ignore you know, that logical brain, the person that really knows that this isn't going to help you in 30 minutes when you feel even worse after the binge. And you just listen to that chatter brain because you think that next time you'll be strong enough to ignore it. That's when it gets harder to heal yourself because you have to consistently work on these things. It doesn't happen overnight. And we do have to put in the effort to heal that scenario where, you know, we are having those emotions come up and beginning to talk to ourselves, to question, to even journal around your binges. And I know that that sounds, you know, not fun, but if you can begin to journal or just write down what you were feeling so you can get it out, get it on paper. Um, And especially like, you know, if you have a coach or something that's going to help them help you, All of these sort of things can help. Now, in regards to, you know, someone telling you to go for a walk or take a bath, like they are replacement activities. And that is actually, you know, that's not a bad idea, but we can't get to that point until we first acknowledge why we're binge eating like addressing when that urge comes up we don't want to distract ourselves from it you can start using replacement activities during your journey you know start listening to music when that urge comes on because you know that that'll emotionally um create more of a positive vibe inside of you it'll give you a mood change it'll shift how you're feeling that's great. And that may get rid of you know that binge eating urge, which is a really good thing. But right from the beginning, we do have to focus on trying to find out why it's happening. You know, how can we deal with it in the moment? And then use the other activities to shift your mood once you are starting to work through the harder stuff.
0: I love that. I think it's really important that you focused on Just talking about how we can, you know, implement different tactics in the moment, whether that be food or kind of mindset or distractions, but it's definitely replacing a coping mechanism for another one, which we in the long run don't want, right? So I think it's really important to focus on the underlying factor. And like for me too, I mean, I had my tactics, but then as I worked on my personal stuff, it started to become so much easier, right? So I think that's a great tool to kind of, you know, get through it. But then when you start working on the core issues, then everything else changes. So it can also be really difficult as obviously binge eating can be associated with weight gain. So how do you start to turn self-hate? Because a lot of us just look in the mirror and see everything that we hate. So how do we turn that into self-love? Because this is also very kind of core issue with disordered eating and binge eating. It's that we don't love ourselves fully, that we don't really embrace ourselves. So how can you start to turn and shift that around, especially when you've pretty much hated your body your whole life?
1: Yeah, this is definitely some of the hardest things for people to work through. And I completely get it because it was something that you know, I'd look in the mirror and I'd never see like a beautiful person. I'd see my cellulite or I'd see, you know, the fat on my stomach. Like I would never see just a person. And that is how strong self-hate can be towards our bodies and in return that can lead us to hating ourselves as a human you know we're not just our bodies we are an individual soul and we contribute things to the world but when we hate our bodies that can cycle into us hating ourselves and that's a really really damaging thing to your life as well because you start you know taking different actions you stop socializing and doing all of those things but when we are seeking to shift self-hate into self-love, the first thing we have to do and the biggest thing we have to do is have self-acceptance of where we are. And it's the hardest thing to do because you know, if you've gained weight, it's really hard to accept that that weight's not going to come off real quick. And that's that, to think about that, I know for me was horrible and it made me just want to lie in bed all day and never get up. So having acceptance for where we are, having acceptance for how we got there, like accept how we arrived at where we are right now, because if we can't accept that, we keep having damaging thoughts come up in our minds. We keep saying, if I didn't do this, if I didn't do that, but we can't change the past. But if we can learn to accept it and accept where our body is, accept that it's not going to change overnight, then we can have a much more, loving journey moving forward because we aren't always like speaking down on ourselves. Why did we do this? Why did we do that? I can't believe I let myself look like this. I can't believe I can't lose weight in the next few days because I just want my old body back. I want to fit into those shorts again. All of those thoughts are just keeping that self-hate alive inside of you. So our mindset it's 100% the biggest thing. You can eat well, you can drink water, you can exercise, but if your mind is negative, then that is going to seep into every other area of your life because your mind, you know, we're in there 24/7 and it's I just something want to put that, that
0: we quote like on yeah? every billboard. That's like my favorite quote ever that I'm like all about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's so so important and you know we're in our minds 24/7. Yet it's something that we ignore. If we have polluting thoughts, then we need to start to shift that. And that is what self hate is. It's our thoughts. If we didn't have thoughts, you know, going through our minds all the time, then self hate would be, you know, it wouldn't be a thing. So we want to shift everything that's negative in our minds into a positive. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it does actually mean that you have to choose. To put in the work towards this, and self love is something that can sometimes be perceived as, "Oh, I'm just going to start loving myself." But you know, we all know it doesn't work like that. And then you love
0: yourself when when this happens. When yes. I guess right,
1: yeah. So you can't reach a point. So you can't stop binge eating. You can't lose weight and then love yourself. I was 45 kilos, bones poking out everywhere. I had cellulite down my legs still, even though I was a stick and I hated my body. I, you know, was thinner than everyone else. Um, Everyone was telling me how good I looked, even though I was really unhealthy and sick, yet I did not love my body. And that was a really big turning point for me, which I don't want anyone to have to go through to get to that point where I realized that, you know reaching that end goal isn't going to result in me loving myself what will result in you loving yourself is you changing your inner dialogue so when you wake up in the morning and you try to avoid the mirror or if you look in the mirror you think oh i hate my skin we need to start changing that and you're not going to change it overnight in regards to believing it but if you can begin you know shifting those words into my say let's go neutral first my skin is good And then my skin is great. I love my skin into the more positive sides. You know, when you catch yourself saying something negative, internally change it to a positive. I don't care if you don't believe it to begin with. What you're going to do is start shifting your mind from one of a negative place into one of a positive place. And over time, you are going to believe those thoughts. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Clients say to me, you know, I don't believe it right now, but I'm doing it. I don't believe it right now, but I'm doing it. Oh, it's getting easier to actually believe it. And then eventually they're believing what they're telling them. They're becoming their own biggest cheerleader with their inner voice. And something we hear a lot is to talk to yourself like you would your best friend. I think that's a really good parameter because if you are having thoughts that you wouldn't say to your best friend, don't allow, the, don't allow you to say them to yourself because no one else is going to support you more than you can support yourself and no one else is going to you know, tell you you should be working on your self-love. You're the only person who can start making these changes and doing things like changing our inner dialogue from negative to positive, working on standing in front of the mirror without criticizing ourselves. Working on loving ourselves in a way that isn't just, you know, um, our bodies, but starting to lo- fall in love with who we are as people. What do you contribute to the world? Do you, are you a, the person that walks down the street and smiles at people and you're, you know, maybe making someone's day because that's the only contact human connection they've had all day. Starting to fall in love with your body is part of it, but that's going to come through those shifting thoughts from negative to positive, but also starting to love who you are as a person, maybe increasing the amount of things you do on a daily and weekly basis that improves your family's lives or your partner's lives. And in return, that makes you feel happy. And you know that you're, you know, you're a really positive person to be around for those people that is, they are the sort of things that we want to focus on with self love and we can't just put it all on our body and most of the work is going to come from your mindset and that inner dialogue that you have with yourself every single day
0: 100% on point i think it's also important that you mention that you have to put in the work it's not something that you can just you know pay for a coach and then they will just you know sprinkle some magic dust on you and then you'll be fine <laughs> but you really have to do the work and show up every day like for me I really committed to, and I commit to every day doing like a morning routine, a nighttime routine, and that's things like reading, journaling, um, even meditation, and then also throughout the day, like being aware of your thoughts um, every single day, it's really important. So yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that just the baby steps every single day is going to make a bigger impact than if you just do like, I don't know, a big session of like an hour, with a coach maybe once a month. Yeah, and really about the things you do every single day.
1: Yeah, and just touching on you talking about like your morning routines and night routines, all of that comes under the umbrella of like self-care and self-love because you are consciously choosing to do those things knowing that that's going to result in you having a better day or result in you feeling better about yourself. So taking the time, and choosing to do those activities instead of life taking over you, that's self-love and self-care. And those are the sort of things that are going to help you during your journey as well.
0: Yeah, totally. And I see a lot of people who may like bring up excuses, but then I see them like on Netflix for an hour. So I mean it's like, what is your priority here? Like, do you really want to make this happen? Then you might have to give up the Netflix, you know what I mean? Um, but it's going to be so much more rewarding and I think it's important to schedule that in. So I want to ask you, what are you up to now? I want to hear a little bit about like what you do and where we can find you.
1: Absolutely. So I um, now am a health coach for women who struggle with binge eating. And I do that via coaching inside of my sisterhood. So Food Freedom Sisterhood is what my community knows me as and that is just a membership site that i've created you know from a place of what i would have wanted and i think that um something i would have wanted in the past was just my my goal as a coach has always been to educate because i don't want someone to rely on me for the rest of their lives because that's not freedom and freedom from a coach comes from you know educating your client educating you know your community so they do get to that point where they're healed but they also have the education and knowledge behind the topics and the subjects and the binge eating itself and the self love itself that they can you know live their life free from now and knowing that they have the tools and coping mechanisms to get through the rest of their life pretty much you know things are going to come up further on but if they um, can learn more about binge eating, about self love, all of that. That's really gonna help them. So, that's what we do inside of the sisterhood on top of me, you know, individually coaching people on calls. That is my main, you know, priority at the moment. And I love being in there and spending time with my community. And on top of that, I am on social media, of course, like that's where I hang out with everyone. Instagram is probably my main platform. So, I'm at Food Freedom Sisterhood but I also have a podcast like you and YouTube channel, but all of those can be found on my website, which is christinamurphy.com.au. And yeah, that's pretty, that sums up where I am at the moment. As a coach, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving working with clients who have been where I was and me being able to help them because it's just something I'm passionate about as I know you are just seeing people you know turn their lives around and it's not just about the health it always it also comes back down to having someone live a happier life because that is so rewarding
0: i love it i'll definitely include all of this um on the show notes thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and my audience i really had a lovely time chatting with you and i think it's a really important topic Um, it's also very near and dear to my heart because I obviously struggled with this as well. And I also see this so, so common in women, but men as well out there. So I think it's an important topic to talk about and to be able to share this and let people know that they can talk about it, that there is help, that there are resources. So thank you so much for what you do and for coming on here and sharing all of this.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah.